Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. So this series that we're, we're on now, uh, the blurb that we have is, together is a place where there is grace, strength, fruitfulness, and victory. Let's learn together about being together. So there's just something about when people come together. There's something about unity. The Bible has a lot to say about unity. And when we can live together and be in unity, there's, there's more grace, there's more strength, there's more fruitfulness, and there's victory. And so together is a big thing. God is into together. So today we want to talk about together with families. And today was wonderful. You know, just having the children in here, having the youth band up there, uh, just uh, hearing that testimony from uh, Bory, just that family feel. We're, we're a family church, and fa- God loves families. God uses families. And today, uh, if we could, we could go home now and say, and we could say it was a blessing to be in church, just wonderful. And but uh, God has more for us. So we love families. God loves families. And we want to talk about that today. So just real quickly, um, well, go on and you can, uh, and then I'll, All right. you can say something. All right. We've never done this before. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together with our Heavenly Father. We thank you that there, uh, there is so much love in your presence for all of your children. You don't exclude a one. And the person here this morning that is wondering right now if they matter, the person that is wondering, does God really care? Yeah, that may be okay for them, but does he really know about me? Does he really care about me? I thank you, Father, for for ministering your precious love to every one of us showing us how valuable family is and that it is good to be together in family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So many of us come from different backgrounds and different experiences, and we all tend to interpret things from where we come from. And then as we grow in knowledge, what happens is we start interpreting things from understanding from a different level. So as we sit in this room together, we're, we all came from different places. Uh, we're all on different levels with the Lord. But the wonderful thing is we can continue to go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And so we're, we want to talk about three things today. And the three things we want to talk about are this, love, humility, and communicate. So love, that's simply the heart of the matter. And Patsy's going to share some things along those lines. Then humility... That's simply like being able to humble yourself and say, I forgive you, and then communicate. That's just, we need to talk. So we'll we'll talk about those today as we go along. Here's just a synopsis about each one before we get into it. So love, just uh, remembering that love is, there's love out in the world, and there's different kinds of love, but this love that we're talking about is the God kind of love. God is love. So this kind of love that we're talking about is it's a, su- it's a supernatural impartation. It's imparted by God. The love of God being shed abroad in our heart. We could say that we have supernatural equipment 
and that equipment is God's love. He put His love in us. It makes us able to do life like no others can do it out there. Anybody that knows Jesus is Lord and has God, we can do life like others can't do life because of that supernatural impartation and empowerment. And then humility, as we look at it today, humility is like a yielding to truth. And so there came a time that I grew up in a church, a denominational church, and I thought what I grew up in was correct. But I realized I, didn't know, I did not know God, and I did not have a relationship, and I wasn't a Christian even though I sat on the front row. And then I heard that she must be born again, and I heard about this personal relationship that was available. I had to humble myself to truth. So when we talk about humility, it, it's first of all a yielding to truth. But then there's this other thing about humility that you can, it can be a yielding for change that results in restoration. What, what does that mean? Well, somebody could say something very insulting to you. They were wrong. You were right. But you choose to humble yourself, not get angry. You choose to pursue them to have a restoration. You're yielding for a change, and you weren't even wrong. You can humble yourself in that way because you want restoration and you want something to come back together. And of course, you know, uh, I'm not talking about abusive situations or violence or anything. That's different. But we're talking about uh, the, the normal things of life. And then communication skills, we'll talk about that today. And that's the ability to share ideas and feelings effectively. And these are learned skills. So every so often, there's something abnormal that happens where somebody's born into the world and they're a natural communicator. And so, so that can happen. But generally speaking, communication, uh, that, those are skills you have to learn how to communicate. It's, it's just not something that's natural. So we'll talk about those things today. Now, as an example, what I just talked about, uh, my brother, his name is Mike, Michael, and he, uh, now he's a pastor. Uh, and when we first became Christians, you, a lot of you know that I had an aunt, Aunt Rose, California. She worked for Walt Disney. Uh, she was personal friends close to Walt Disney. She ended up marrying a man that had so much money she had to resign her job to come down to a lower tax bracket. Uh, but this is a lady that we're talking about that had some skills, education. She flew over to Ohio where my, my family lived and we're sitting around the table ready to eat. And she, as she normally does, starts talking about one of the relatives. And we always, she always would like to talk about a relative and uh, probably me, she may have done that when, about us when she was with somebody else. We don't know. But when she did it, my brother Mike, who had, he was a Christian now. He had the love of God. He had some truth in him. And when she did that, he, he said, Aunt Rose, we don't talk about people anymore around here. And if you don't stop talking about people, you're going to hell. Well, he did not know how to communicate the love of God. <laughs> So my aunt jumped up and ran to the bathroom and cried. We could hear her crying in there. And my father's mother was there. You know, that was his sister. And she starts crying and said, you should have never talked to her that way. And, and you know, so they took us out of, she, they took us out of her, their will, you know. And, and I don't know if we ever got put back into the will. But so this, this is like having, tr you know, some truth. Because uh, he was just a baby Christian, but God's love, he wanted her to get saved 
but he couldn't communicate it. So communication is a big thing. So that's, that's the synopsis of what we'll be talking about today. So there are those three things that Tony mentioned, love, and also, uh, which is the heart of the matter, humility, the ability to say, I'm sorry, and then finally, communication, being able to express your heart. And so we're going to look at these three things in relation to family. Today, we're talking about together with family. Last week was uh, together in church. And so last week was a real uh, binocular on, um, on the family of God. And God's family is important, but actually in the beginning, um, uh, before there was ever the family of God, God started with actually a man and a wife. He told them to be fruitful and multiply and have kids. So actually, before there was the family of God, as we know it in the body of Christ, the church, there was actually a family unit, and it came from God. So family is not uh, something that somebody else dreamed up. It's not something that just is of a culture here or there or whatever. It's actually uh, something that came from the Creator. And because God initiated family, He knows how to fix them. So because also family came from God, and it is beautiful. It, family, the way God created it, was perfect. Uh, the devil hates anything that comes from God. The devil hates any family, and the devil hates your family. He does everything he can do to tear them up. But what we're just looking at today with these three things that Tony's introduced, uh, we're going to apply love, we're going to apply humility and communication. We can only give little snippets of it, but just uh, show some things where these three things uh, can help our family because there is hope for families. Can we just say there's hope for my family? There's hope for my family. No matter what's ever happened in it, there's hope because love, faith, hope, and love abide. There's always hope. There's always hope. So um, the first thing then that Tony introduced uh, of one of those three is family or is love. And the love of God is something that has been given to us. The love of God isn't something that we strive for. Tony mentioned that um, God has given us a tool or a, a, an impartation of something to be able to help our families. And it is himself. The Bible says that uh, God is love. And so if we're born again, according to Romans 5, look at this verse of Scripture. It's so beautiful. It says that, and hope does not put us to shame. This is the part we want to really hone in on because God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so talking to people who know Jesus Christ as their Lord, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And notice the tense. Love has been poured out in your heart. Now, if you don't know that, um, you'll default then when you're in, in crunchy situations in your kitchen, your bathroom, your living room, your, in your home. You'll, you'll default to the fee your feelings of frustration and anger. But knowing that love, God's love, has been poured out in our heart uh, gives us a tool beyond ourselves, bigger than ourselves, to be able to work with. 
Notice in 1 John 4, 19, it says this, we love each other because he loved us first. Now, that's a whole lot like another verse of Scripture that says we love him because he first loved us. And that's true. We love him because he first loved us. This verse of Scripture takes it another, far, another step. It says we love others because he loved us. And, um, you know, when you, uh, when you have a baby and uh, they grow up, I remember when Tony and I first uh, had Liliana, and, um, and that's been 24 years ago, but some of the first advice was shocking to me when I had this little innocent baby in my arms and so cute and sweet and precious. And uh, I, I cannot count how many people said, enjoy her now, because when it comes to the teenage years, it's hell on earth. <laughs> enjoy her now. But somebody overheard that instruction to me, and they said, don't take that. Don't take that. Teenage years can be hell on earth, but with the, with the love of God, the love of God doesn't alter by age, but it can, there can be challenges um, with different hor hormone levels in the home. There can be challenges, but because the love of God is unconditional to us, the love of God can be unconditional through us. Because the love of God is absolutely the same in unceasing like a river to us, it can keep coming that in that same way through us, regardless of how anybody's acting or not acting. His love doesn't fluctuate with us, our good action. That word that, that Tony just got this morning, his love doesn't alter or change based upon our good behavior up and down. His love is a constant. And so uh, when we know that and feed on that love, refer to that love, then we are able to draw on a love that is not a physical uh, feeling or an emotion that is in response to how good somebody else is to us. We're not reacting to their goodness to us. We're just giving because it's being given to us. So love is a giving, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, where husband and wife are concerned, uh, you know, when you come into marriage, and yesterday we married a beautiful couple here. They're sitting on the back row. Yay, can we just, yeah. Ethan and Vanessa, yes. Ethan and Vanessa. But I don't, I see Vanessa, I don't see Ethan. I see Ethan. Oh, I see, okay. You know, there's, oh, she's with the kidlets. I saw the kidlets. Yes, she was with the kidlets. Okay, you want him to stand up? Look at this proud groom. Yeah, groom, yeah, there you go. So now, tw thank you, love. Um, uh, 28 years ago, you know, Tony and I uh, got married, and you just, you're just so full of feeling. You're just like, <gasps> I don't know when, I don't know when it was that he started to get on my nerves or when I started to get on his nerves. Was it the second day of our honeymoon? No, I don't know, my love. <laughs> I don't know when it was. But the deal is, is everyone's feelings are going to fluctuate based upon 
you know, the treatment that you're getting or not getting, but what does not fluctuate is the love of God. So if what you're bringing into a relationship is his love, it absolutely in, and supernaturally will start mending and going into the gaps. It's like beautiful water. Yeah. Is it safe to say that love, like divine love, is a platform that gives us influence? I'd reckon. Yeah. Even in your, even in your uh, uh, to your children or your kids to parents or even the wider family, aunties, uncles, cousins, uh, you can lo lose your influence in relationships when you step out of love and start just commanding and dominating and insisting. You lose your influence. But through that love, yeah, I like that. It is an uh, influence. That word that came today, if you know God loves you, you can always run to him. In families, if the, the children know the parents love them, yeah. even when they do wrong, the, the kids will always run. They should. To the parent. To the parent, or, and we can run to God. But then even with marriage, um, if she knows I love her, even in a disagreement, it, it, there's a platform there that, uh, that love present. It builds a platform for influence. It builds a platform for correction. It's a great platform, love isn't it and then humility uh, talk about a little bit about humility um, Ephesians chapter one, uh, 5 and verse 1 it says therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and, and so is, isn't that amazing you know Boydie, Boydie's up here and he's reading the poem that the Lord gave him and he grew up uh, with not a real good earthly father and uh, it's hard not to cry when you hear that poem uh, I think people, uh, Karen heard it in Bible school. She told me she, it's tough for her every time she hears that poem. Uh, but now, Boydie, think about it. You grow up under a situation like that, and then you accept Jesus as your Lord. God comes on the inside of you. Then it says, be imitators of God. It, that, that's kind of like, wow, you can grow up under the worst, worst circumstances and God gets on the inside, and love gets on the inside, and then you can actually imitate God. That, that's amazing. And another scripture that's tied in with this is Philippians 2.5. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So this, this, this is telling us no matter what background you came from, and their communication skills they're learned so you can learn the wrong communication skills and you can grow up in a family that everyone yells and screams at each other uh, they interrupt each other they uh, misunderstand each other and you can grow up in a family like that and then you accept jesus christ as lord and you can get to this place now where you have you can imitate god you can have the same attitude that jesus had and so then it says that he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So you might grow up in a situation where you think, you know, and where don't mess with me, you mess with me, I'll mess with you. Whatever you do to me, I'll do back. You know, I'll get the upper hand on you. Uh, don't, I, I have rights. And then Jesus, you know, he, he left heaven. He was part of creation. He was the living word that became flesh. He left all of that glory. 
He came to earth not for himself, but for us. So in relationships, uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to get to this place where it's not about us. It, it, it isn't how, how happy can you make me, how can you meet my needs and minister to me, but you actually get to this other place where it's about how happy I can make you, how can I minister to you, because that's what Jesus did. Um, and so uh, in verse I number... I saw that when yeah. you were just saying that uh, how, how Jesus humbled himself to, to restore us back to God. Yeah. And, and that becomes the pattern. If you want restoration between a relationship, the way Jesus restored it, he didn't demand, you got to come up here or we're not going to have a relationship. You better get things right or we're not going to have a relationship. The way the relationship was restored was the one who had, had, didn't do the wrong thing actually humbled himself. That's so backward. It's so different. Jesus humbled himself. And through that humbling, uh, if we're ever going to have relationship restoration, somebody's got to humble. And verse number seven says it this way. It says, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So uh, actually, after we get to know Jesus as Lord and we have divine love imparted in us as we grow it won't necessarily happen overnight but we'll all be able to take learn how to take the humble position so remember we said humility is a humbling to truth but then humility can also be a humbling because you want change and and so there's times that in family the husband or the mother or father could talk actually wrong to the child and the, the way they did it, anger and really not well thought out, sometimes even a younger child can go to the parent. It wasn't really right the way the correction was made, but the child loves the parent so much that the child comes to the parent and say, says, you know, I love you. You can go, either, you can go all of these ways in, in, in relationships. It's taking the humble position for the greater good. And that's restoration, unity, love, uh, family, those kind of things. So um, I, I thought of um, that this happened um, a number of ways. We were in Sicily, and that was the first place that we moved to, and we had a Bible school in a church. It was, uh, the, he was the leading pastor in Italy at the time with 2,000 people in the church, uh, great man. And uh, I was te he came and visited the school one night, and he heard me teach on church planting most of the students in the school came from his church, so he pulled me aside after and said, I don't want you to talk about church planting any longer. We have those plans with our people, and we want to do that, so I don't want you to do that with our people. And I, and I believe in authority and submission, and I said, okay, if that's what you want, I won't talk about it again, and I never did. But uh, that was a, you know, something that I didn't know. They had a desire to plant churches, and we, so we backed off of it. So that, that worked out really well. But as we continued, there was a couple misunderstandings that we had a good intention, but it was misinterpreted, and there was a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So we did eventually move up and get a Bible school going in Rome, and my brother-in-law flew in, who's going to be with us here in August. Uh, my brother-in-law, Mark Hankins, flew in, and we were going to do a pastor's conference in Sicily, 
And so as we flew down to Sicily, I said, would you mind taking like, like an hour or two with me? I want to go visit a pastor, and I want to just make sure our relationship is in good order. So he said, sure. So we went to visit the pastor in, in Sicily. And uh, when I sat down with him, I said, you know, I want to make sure there's no misunderstandings. I want to make sure you know my heart. So if you thought this and, I, and you thought I did this, I, I didn't mean it that way. So I apologize for this. And if, if this, I apologize for this. If this, you know, I was going through all these things. All I really wanted so bad is restoration to make sure everything was good. So, so I, I thought of everything I possibly could. And, and then we hugged and we prayed and everything, and we walked away, and I felt like we're, we're good, we're restored. But my cheeky brother-in-law, as soon as we got alone, he said, you know, with his real deep, raspy voice, I, th- I thought you were going to apologize that you were born. <laughs> and in other words, he may have done it a little differently than me, <laughs> but, but maybe I went the extra mile. But I would, I'm, you know, if we're always willing to go the extra mile for the greater, which is restoration, it's okay. So I, I did go the extra mile, but I, I knew that I left there with a good relationship. So that can happen with children and parents. That can happen with marriage. It can happen in family relations. Yeah, it takes, it takes humility to say, I'm sorry. And... Um, even, even uh, like Tony's example, but even if you've done the wrong thing, sometimes uh, I know if I've done the wrong thing, uh, sometimes you think of defensive, well, I did it because of this. I, th- there was a reason why. It was this and this and this. If you project the defensive thing, it builds walls. So it takes humility to just say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. What, that's not my heart. And... And I, I, um, I want things to be good, so I'm sorry, and, and mean it. And, um, but it also takes humility to receive an apology. When somebody says, I'm sorry, for there not to be an attitude like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, well, we'll just see about that. And so to have restoration, there also has to be there has to be humility on the receiving end of the apology where uh, you don't make that person, when they've humbled themselves and said, I'm sorry, that you say, well, let me see some tears. If you're really sorry, grovel. Let's go on about this. But to just accept the apology. And then uh, also in accepting the apology where... um, Sometimes when somebody's in a humble position, you know, like a bowed position of saying, not, not even physically, but hum, being humble is, is bowing in your own will, in your heart to, to some situation for the good of restoration. But while they're in that position, the other person then can say, well, you also need to apologize about this. And do you remember you also did this while you're down? Let me tell you some other things that have been on my mind. And, um, and actually, while they're in that position, you just put your foot on them and just kind of grind them while they're humbled. Okay. <laughs> that, that's not very good. I don't know if you've ever had in that. The, well, in the Italian culture, that's, uh, they say that they need to get a pound of a flesh. pound of flesh. I don't know if they say that in English, but it's getting your pound of flesh. Yeah. Where somebody wants to make it right, but no, it's not going to be that easy for you. Going to suffer I'm gonna, for I'm it. I'm going to get a pound of flesh from you, that, that, that kind of thing. 
going to hurt, going to make you hurt about it for a little while. Well, uh, if we take this back then to the very first thing that we talked about of love, how does God forgive us? Because the Bible says that we're to love or to forgive even as God in Christ Jesus forgives us or forgave us. Does he make us grovel? Does God in heaven say, when we say forgive me, ah, I don't believe it unless you do this penance, unless you beat yourself up, unless... He doesn't forgive that way. He gives forgiveness. He gives it. He doesn't do a silent treatment on us. Does he? I've done a silent treatment. Have I done a silent treatment? Could you do a few more of those? No. <laughs> Woo! That was good, she, my love. She, she opened the door. She I opened know, the door that on that too one. Sweet. That was swell, my love. Okay. Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> Grovel, cry, beg me. Anyway. Those are just real, real life things. If you're really sorry, then you really need to, you know. So, but what we want to do is, is uh, dispense forgiveness in the same way it's dispensed from God, and it's free. Receive it. Receive somebody's apology. Next thing we wanted to talk about today is communication skills. So here's just something to lay a foundation about communication, which uh, sometimes we don't really uh, think about. This real simple, but communication is the basic building block of our relationships, okay? And then through communication, we convey our thoughts, feelings, and connection to one another. Uh, so communication is the way that uh, uh, that happens. It, 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 you know, like sometimes you can convey something with a look, especially when you see the young ones when they look and they see somebody that they never noticed before. It's all on the face. But, uh, but generally uh, speaking, that after you, you know, after you've been around for a while, it's our words and and uh, and that are so important how we communicate. Uh, I guess you can always tell when somebody's mad. Isn't that correct? You can always tell when somebody's happy. And you can still see love in the eyes. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, um, so then also with communication, developing good communication skills is critical for successful relationships, whether spouse, parent, child, or sibling relationship. So that's some basics there. Then here's a few other basic things. Communication is a two-way process. So if you're going to communicate, there must be a sender and a receiver. Very simple. A sender conveys a message. A receiver, that's the one whom the message is sent. So for successful communication, the sender is clear and accurately conveys the message, and the receiver clearly understands the message. Uh, now, sometimes there's just uh, the devil... And, and, you know, maybe you might think, is there really a devil? Well, there is a devil, and there's a spiritual realm, and sometimes in that realm, uh, you hear things the wrong way. You can even see things the wrong way. And so sometimes somebody's actually saying something, and they said it clear, but you didn't receive it clear. That even can be based upon learned behaviors as you grew up out of Christianity and you learn certain behaviors and you hear things even sometimes not the right way. So miscommunication, that is like the sender does not send a clear message. 
that's when you, the sender says it wrong, or, and or the receiver does not understand the message sent by the sender. So with that in mind, here's some uh, thoughts about this uh, when it comes to communication. So let's talk about this. When we assume we know what the others are thinking or what they should know what we are thinking. I've never done that, but she's done that to me, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay, I'm say an something. expert in that field. Yeah, yeah, I think that you run the risk of knowing what the, uh, what the other one's going to say uh, and assume you start building a case in your mind. You're not actually you cut off from listening because you're already thinking you already know the end of the sentence before they've, they've come to the middle of their sentence. And I think that happens um, uh, over a period of time. It can be something that happens where marriage is concerned or if family members are concerned. And so uh, it's not good to assume that you know exactly what the other person is going to say. Um, I, I, I have to admit, and he, you are being funny, but at, it's actually the truth where my relationship with Tony's concerned. I, I think that I know what he's going to say when he starts a sentence and he, I get what the subject is. And it's like this automatic thing or, um, okay, let's just cut to the chase. And so then I interrupt with my response to what I think he's going to say. Yeah, that doesn't go well. <laughs> because that wasn't what I was going to say. There have been a few times that she did that, and I said, is that what you thought I was going to say? And I said, now here's what I was really going to say. Uh, <laughs> so. And vice versa. I Thank you, love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that, you know, it, James, the first chapter tells us something really important. James 1 and verse 19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And uh, I, I reckon that the way that this is written, uh, we've done exactly the opposite, that actually we were quick, quick to talk slow to speak, and real quick to get angry. But anger isn't such a problem if we do it exactly the way the Bible comes up with here or gives us a, this wonderful pattern. It says, just be a good listener. Practice being a good listener. I found this even like with, with kids, because a lot of times uh, what parents say to kids, at least when they're little, is real directional and telling them what to do and all. But listening skills to kids, um, it's not a good time to start listening when they're a teenager. Actually, practice listening even to a little kid. Listen to them. What are they really trying to say? Because if you're practiced hearing your child and they know you listen to what they say, and then you, uh, you are able to look inside where that love is. And even as a parent, you stay humble 
and said, I'm the parent, it's going to be the way I say. Okay, have it your way, but you may have a rocky road. But being a little slower to speak, be real, listen to it, and then look, look at what does love say? What would Jesus say in this particular situation? And I know um, there have been times when I've answered um, my daughters, and later on, and I think I've told you about it in other sermons or whatever, but the, the Lord actually had me go back and say I'm sorry to them because I misrepresented him. I got my piece in there and I told them, but I, I didn't represent him. And so I had to say I'm sorry. And uh, so, but in, in defaulting not to feeling or reacting to what they're saying, but listening, what would Jesus say in this same situation? It alters what you say. And not only that, how you say it. Because um, you, a parent needs to represent the, the, the love of the father to a child and, and then the husband and wife to, to one another. And then that goes in a wider circle as well. But um, yeah, quick, quick to listen. God help me do that. I'm still learning. You never ever quit brushing up on that skill. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to, and slow speak to get angry. Slow to angry. Now, uh, if you were here last week, she told this story on, on what happened two Saturdays ago uh, with my phone. Yeah, it's two, last Saturday. Oh, that's last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, well, not yes. Yeah, that's still two Saturdays no, ago. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so she went to you know, fix the bed, and I had my phone on silent mode, and the, and the covers got thrown over it. And then later on, I go, where's my phone? And I did go to Woolies. So I thought, oh my, did I leave my phone? I thought I brought my phone home from Woolies. But then I called it with her phone. Can't find it. So then I got my iPad out to do find your phone. For some weird reason, it was shown that my phone was down the street in somebody's house. So <laughs> I'm walking around with it, and I, I knocked on a door, and I was going to say, you got my, did you find my phone? But no one answered, thank God. So I, I, it wasn't very accurate, the uh, location thing. But after an, over an hour passed, maybe an hour and 20 minutes, um, I thought, I won't. so I start feeling around on the bed. And, and it really, it's, it was so thin, I didn't have it in my case. Uh, I have a big case. It was, and I didn't feel it, the, and then I did it again, and then I felt my phone under there. I go, I found the phone. Well, previously, when we first got married, when she made one of those mistakes, I wasn't so good. <laughs> and I had a whole flat, because like, I'm getting ready to minister in a church up in Redcliffe last week, and you can see this whole thing about me. I wasted an hour of my time, and I need to get ready to do what I'm doing. Although she was getting ready to minister here, and she helped me spend an hour uh, with, of her time looking for the phone over an hour. And I, I saw real progress. I, it, it, I, I thought the love of God has changed me because I had a flash of stuff going through. And I thought about it, and I go, no, no, I, I love her, and I'm not going to hold it against her. And I don't remember what I said now, but we went on our way, you know. 
and so you know the lord the lord's good and he he uh we we really that love changes us doesn't it so um but you know some other things here that are real practical when somebody's talking it says when we focus on what we want to say while others are talking instead of listening to them that's a big one have you ever done that even when you get in a group, I, I, I still am responsible for doing this, but I, 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 you know, we're all growing where somebody says something that you think of that, oh, I got something along those lines, and the whole time they're telling their story, you're, you're, you're figuring out your story. And so we can do that. For those kind of things, it's not so bad, but when it's real serious, it's good uh, in a serious conversation to listen the whole time while somebody else is talking Here's another thing that we can bring up other problems and issues unrelated to the topic at hand. So it's like, since it's been tempting to do that with the kids, like I told you to take the trash out to the bin, and I've told you that like every single week for how long, and then while we're on it. While we're on it. Yeah, That's while we're on it. That's a bad thing, while we're on it. And uh, so even then, uh, instead of making it one issue, then it's just expanding is the ever-expanding portfolio of what, you, what you've done wrong. <laughs> and then also we can, uh, when we assume we know what is right for others and try to convince them of this, uh, that's some of the other things. So all, those are some of the things that can, can hinder our communication. And so by being a good listener, letting people finish, uh, even like communication, instead of an accusation, there can be a question. Mm-hmm. Questions can, di- they can you disarm, you know, uh, inst- so instead of you thinking, well, my wife is against me, or my children are against me, or even children, you think your parents are against you, because you got that in your head, and then you make an accusation, instead you could say, what were you thinking when you did that? That's a lot different, isn't it? Yeah. But not just saying, what were you thinking when you, when you did that? Uh, not just those words, because you can say it with like, what were you thinking? Like, duh. Like, you idiot. <laughs> but uh, like if you're actually wanting an answer, not to pound them. Like if you're saying, help me to understand where you were coming from when that happened. Um, yeah, that helps. So you have these couple scriptures here. Okay, First Peter 3. Let's go to the Bible. Let's look at this. First Peter 3 and 8 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with one another. You know, you can't be of one mind unless you know what that mind is. Um, and there again, it goes back to listening. Where's that person coming from? And lowering your defenses... But, 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 no, just listen, just listen. And then after that, that person says that and you get an understanding of where they're coming and why they're coming from that, uh, then you tackle the situation together and aren't on opposite sides of it coming at it. Finally, you should all be of one mind, sympathize with one another. And I've, I've learned that when I've taken a breath and just listened to where Tony's coming from or listened to where my girls are coming from, I think, hmm, I don't agree with that, but I see where they're coming from. I see why they're 
they've got that opinion. So it's, it's being sympathetic to, to the ground that they're on. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. And there's that humble thing, and I know this is on communication, not in, and not, uh, we've already passed over humility, but the only way you keep a good communication is staying humble enough to listen and to uh, sympathize with one another. And don't repay evil for evil. Mm. And sometimes uh, that whole thing about getting a pound of flesh, so somebody does something to you, and instead of letting go quickly and forgiving, you want your pound of flesh back, and you want to somehow repay. Uh, so we are told we don't do that. So it's not about our rights and doing a repay, but it's about humbling ourselves, taking the lower position so there can be restoration. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you a blessing. The best way to be blessed by God is to bless somebody else. That's so good. Um, Tony, can we say this verse of Scripture all together, Ephesians 4.32? Sure. Amen. Okay, so Ephesians 4.32. Can, let's just say this verse all together, yeah. can we? Be, Be kind, kind to one, one another, another tender-hearted, forgiving one, one another, as God in Christ, Christ forgave you. you. Amen. So uh, today, um, I don't know if this, this, these three things, love, humility, and communication, um, speaks to our hearts where relationship is concerned with our kids, our parents, our, our husband or wife, uh, or extended family or friends that are like family. God wants our families whole. So we're going to pray here in a little bit, but allow the Holy Spirit just to um, examine us individually and, and not think about well, I hope they got that, or I hope they're listening to that bit. But what, what these truths, these three things apply to, to us individually about today? Can we do that? Can we just bow our heads and, and close our eyes? Um, dear Heavenly Father, as, as we look at these words and in the light of your word, there is not condemnation, but there is clarification of some things that we can do differently and we can respond differently if we're not responding to your word and to the love of God on the inside but if we're actually reacting and responding just out of frustrations and because of what other people have done and are doing or whatever Lord I ask you that we remember that love on the inside and help us Help us this morning in the light of your word to make adjustments, to make choices today. We come up to your word and we choose. We choose your love, your unfailing love. We choose the mind of Christ, which he humbled himself. He did it, and he said we are to have that mind. We choose to do that today. Today we choose to be a better listener, a sympathetic listener, and not an accusing one. 
We choose this in Jesus' name. Amen. As uh, later today, if you want prayer uh, for anything concerning relationships, our ministry team will be here and you can come forward for prayer. But as we get ready to leave today, um, I just want to make sure before we go, in the event that you're with us today, you've heard a lot about relationships and uh, but maybe you're with us and you say well okay that's relationships this way but I don't have one this way I don't have a relationship with God I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior as a result of not knowing Jesus as my Savior I don't have this relationship with God but after hearing all of this you have a desire that you want relationship with God we want to help you with that and it's uh, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you would be saved. And wh- why is that part, that why, why is it important to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Because there was no other one that was ever raised from the dead. There was no one that ever went to hell and took sin that was raised from the dead. He's the only one in the history of everything. No one else had that. So that God wants us to focus on, that's you saying, I believe there's a Savior, and I need a Savior when you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you invite him into your heart. So I would like to invite you to pray, and we're going to close our eyes to do this. So it, and so if you're with us today, you say, I want, to, I want to know Jesus is my Lord. We like closing our eyes around here because you can concentrate when you close your eyes, and you can pray from your heart. So we'll close our eyes and we'll pray this prayer right now. Say this along with me. Our church family will pray this. And if you're here with us today, this is your opportunity to have relationship with God. So say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came for me. You left the glory of heaven. You came to earth to be around sinners You took my sin, you went to hell for me, you were raised for me. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. You're welcome in my heart. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Thank you that you first loved me. Because of that, I love you now. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.